Welcome to another episode of the two-on-one podcast with Adam and Alex. Alex, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Daniel invited himself on, and then it was, and it was late. <laughs> we, only started, we only started seven <laughs> minutes late. So, Daniel, can you go to Skype, where we were recording today's episode because of some unforeseen circumstances? Please read the message I just sent you. I just saw it. Okay, read it, please. Okay, what is it? Stop being late. Stop please being stop late. being late. Stop being late. We oh, were supposed dude. to start recording at 12. Oh, Alex, no. It's 12.30. Like, no, I swear you said 12.30. No, 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 no. I sent Alex a message saying 12 o'clock, right? And Alex is like, oh, no, you said 12.30. So I send him the shot saying 12, all right? Give me 15 minutes. Then we push it back to 12.30, guys. Like, come on now. I said, whoops. Um, before <laughs> start, I have to give a shout out to my dear mother. Um, because if not, she's going to kill me when she gets home from Montreal. Um, because she's going to the game tonight with my stepfather. Uh, enjoy the game, guys. Uh, go have to go. Uh, we will talk more about that later. But yeah, guys, uh, season is still in full swing. How are you guys enjoying it so far? Starting with Daniel. Up and down so far for the Leafs. <laughs> but, you I know. meant season, not Toronto, Daniel. It's oh, all about sorry. that. Yeah. It's been no, it is, oh, no, 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 no. It is always about them. No, it's not. Of course, yeah. <laughs> what has impressed you about the Leafs so far, if anything? I... The depth. We'll get to it later, Adam. We'll get to it later. I have lots to talk about. Oh well, fine. Um, I just before we start, I want to do, I want to start doing a thing where we start the podcast. Start the podcast, right? We talk about some rapid fire things, quick storylines around the league for a few minutes, right? So first of all, ladies and gentlemen, last night the Islanders uh, have won six straight. Well done, that. That's nice. Um, I mean. Is it going to assist? I keep saying this, but I'm going to, I don't really care. Like, is it going to continue? Like, is this win streak really going to continue? Um. Well, to be fair, the, the win last night was over the sentence. Right. So that's half a And then, okay, let's go. Do you want to, shall we do this together? Uh, I'm assuming you have their last. I season. have their schedule. Okay. So they beat Ottawa last night. Okay. Yeah. They beat Arizona the night before. Who are good this year. Sure. Uh, then they beat Columbus in overtime. Who are good as well. They, they beat for now. Winnipeg. For, yeah, for now. They beat Winnipeg. Shifley and Line have been fantastic to start the year, yes. Okay. St. Louis in overtime, which is a good win. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the Panthers. Who have not been good, and Bobrovsky has not been good. Yeah. So, what? Like, what does what does that this six win streak mean? Like, look at the teams. Like, no offense to these teams. Like, obviously, there's parity in the league, but what does this six win streak really mean? Twelve points. Twelve point. But what does it mean? Say about the team. I understand what it means in the standings. You're asking me about the team. I'm, I'm asking back. That Matt Barzell leading the Islanders to beating the Blue Jackets, something that the Toronto Maple Leafs could not do. Are you angry Actually, about that? Actually, they did beat them at oh, the beginning yeah. of the season. So, no, I'm not mad about that. I, I'm asking you what it means, what this win streak means, based on the teams they beat. 
I am of the opinion that points are points. I am, no, but that's not what you asked me. Well, I'll tell you again. You know, the Sens is whatever. Everyone yep. should be the Sens, right? The Arizona, the Coyotes are? are they're good. Okay. The yeah, Blue Jack. guys. Sorry? Barrett Hayden. Remember Adam? Yeah, I guess okay. his first career goal was it last night? Yeah. He's not as good as Barry Kalkino. I don't care what Will says. Uh, speaking of Will, as he's a Sens fan, I mean, sort of uh, a Sabres fan, um, Johannes Allmark makes 41 saves in the shutout win. Uh, the Detroit Red-, Red Wings have lost six straight, but Buffalo picks up a big win last night. Yeah, that's uh, that's good for Buffalo. I mean, I think they're still sitting first in the in the division with 19 points. Um, are they first in the league as well? Yeah, they are. First in the league as well. You know what happened last time they started first Daniel, in the league? Daniel, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Buffalo to start the season? Oh, it's the same thing, Adam. Um, Alex said, sorry, yeah. Um, oh. Alex said this year, um, same thing they had last year, you know, same start, but will it last? Is Jeff yeah, Skinner for real? Last? But I think it's past Jeff Skinner, and I keep bringing this point up to Adam. It's past Jeff Skinner. It's the it's the goalies, right? It, yeah. It's it's more than it's more than can Jeff Skinner score forty goals again? Because I think they're a deeper team than they were last year, right? Would you would yeah. you argue that? Hundred percent. So. Right, but the combination of Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark is that going to get you the entire season? Is that going to get you through the entire season? Yeah, they're kind of stretching that out. Um, no consistent. I don't know. Just no number one. No real number one. Yeah. that That's the point I was – that's that's kind of what I was getting. They don't have a number one goalie. How many teams don't have number one goalies that go on for the entire season? Uh, the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> god damn it. Damn it, Daniel! You can argue that at the time it was a fl- it was Flurry versus Murray when they won those back to back cups. Would you not argue that both of those player, though both of those goalies are number one goalies? I don't. Uh, this isn't me arguing for the sake of arguing <clears throat> when I do that. But uh, I, I'm not right. someone who believes in Matt Murray. I think they won okay, the but, cups because of Mark Andre. Right, but Mark Andre Flurry is a number one goalie. Yes, he is. Right, Linus Allmark and Carter Hutton are any of them. N- Number one goalies? Uh, you've seen a season of it with Carter Hutton. Um, and you are starting. There's a chance you could start to see with, 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 with Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark. Yes. I don't know. I understand he's young. But you say Carter Hutton last season, yet. No, they, I okay, they went up with the Blues. I'm not saying last year. Last year he was uh, he was very bad. I acknowledge that. I said when he was with the Blues, he had oh, a good... with the Blues. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And that's what that's Don... a better team in front of him though. Right now, they missed no, the playoffs. I mean, I mean St. Louis. No, St. Oh, Louis. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but St. Louis missed the playoffs that year. I know, I know, but it's like comparing, I don't know, the Sabers to the Blues. I don't know. I can't well, I can't so... add them that. Let me ask you this then, Daniel, um, because I'm assuming you listened to last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Or oh, no, sorry, I missed that one. Too many Simons. <laughs> okay. So we had, me and, and, and Alex had a heated debate about, okay. I think that Buffalo, I don't think they, they're obviously not a Toronto, they're not a Boston, they're not a true contender, but I think the Sabres will comfortably make the playoffs this year because I believe 
in that defense now. I believe in Ralph Kruger. I think Eichel is off to a fantastic start. I think the Sabres are a real team. They're not obviously first in the league good, but I think they are a good team, and this is finally the year they get back to the postseason. I'm look, Yeah, I'm looking at their lines right now. It's pretty solid, but it just, it's just interesting. Marcus Johansson is their second-line center right now. He's good. He's good. Um, <laughs> um, the poster boy for the rebuild, Casey Middlestad, that we talked about, fourth-line <laughs> center. God. He's been good, too. Yeah, they they could roll out like four solid lines. And you know what? I'm a firm believer that if you have a coach that can motivate you, you play harder for him. And it sounds like Ralph Kruger is that motivator. Yeah, people mm-hmm. in Toronto wouldn't know what that means. Oh, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> um, but just um, a few more quick fire things to talk about. Um, last night, a four-goal comeback by the Washington Capitals a loss in the shootout for the Vancouver Canucks in that game. That was wild. Yeah, that, was that, wild. that doesn't look too good for the uh, for the Canucks. <laughs> Great for Tampa Bay, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, every time the Vancouver Canucks lose, it just looks so much better for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I still don't understand how they have an extra first-round pick. Like, I, it just it confuses me. But A cap dump. It was a cap dump, and they got a first round pick. I don't want. Yeah, to I never that. Yeah, like, yeah, like we talked. We talk, yeah, we talked about before. I really don't. Want, I may get. I may get mad. I may get extra mad today. All right, second last little quick fire thing before we really get into the nitty gritty. Uh, the Dallas Stars have won three straight games. It looks like they're starting to claw it all back together. Daniel, I know for a fact that you are cheering for the Dallas Stars because they have Corey Perry. Mm, yes, I am. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's like, did they really change much this year? Like, will Joe Pavelski really be the fa- de factor? Well, I, I think, think Joe. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alex. I think Joe Pavelski is an added factor. Mm-hmm. Right. He. I mean, I don't know. Apparently, Daily Faceoff has him on the fourth line, but he can easily be your second line winger, mm-hmm. right? Is that 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 really wasn't really something they had last year? That's true. I, I think they were lacking in that because they played Ben Sagan and Radulov all in the first line, and who did they really have on the second line? They had Rupe Hints, who kind of came in towards the end. Or to, in last year, and they didn't really have anyone to play with him. I really think that having Joe Pavelski on that second line is a is an added bonus for them. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. Um, at the same time, I don't think the Joe Pavelski signing should be the make or break of that team because, like I said last week's episode, Pavelski is thirty five and he just had a concussion in the playoffs, and we yeah. all saw that, and it looked terrible. Um, beside that, they have Andrew Cogliano. That trade looks great for them. Um, Jamie Benn probably has a fire under his ass right now. Corey Perry should oh. also have one. And I think we're all forgetting about a few players here, and that's especially their back end with John Klingberg, Essa Lindell. And no one seems to give Miro Heiskanen the respect he deserves. With yeah. Back end with Bishop, who I, argue, I can argue is a top five goalie in the league, Anton Kodobin. The back end and their and uh, their goaltending, that alone tells me that they should be better. And it's good to see that they're cheering it around. Yeah, man, they're, they're going to turn it around. 
I don't see why they wouldn't. Like they have the team on paper to turn it around. Um, I mean, just because you have it on paper doesn't really mean it's going to work. But looking at this team, I think I don't know how it wouldn't. I think yeah. if they stay consistent, they they could make they could make a run. But just everything has to stay consistent, like Ben Bishop, especially their their, their PDO is uh, ninety eight point six, and it suppose it usually averages out to about a hundred or around there. So they're looking they're they should get some type of bounce back anytime now. Yeah, because it's not like they're they're not a team like the Ottawa Senators where okay, you know, if I looked at their PDO and it was ninety eight point six, I'd be like, okay, maybe they they'll go on a run for a couple of games and then go back to normal. But I'm looking at this team on paper. This team should bounce back soon. They have too much talent not to be good. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, um, our wishes to all those in Dallas with the tornadoes and that. Of course, Ben Bishop's house got affected. Uh, Tyler Sagan's that he had for sale was just ruined by it. So apparently that was Mike McDaniel's house too back in the day. So um, our best wishes out to those in Dallas. And I guess the last quick fire thing, the Penguins have lost three straight games after they had a winning streak where they did not beat a good team, and Gabriel Landeskog gave them their only real win of the season so far. They yeah. traded Eric Branson for a seventh and Andreas Martinson. <laughs> what is going on in Pittsburgh? Huge trade right there. That's a huge trade. Salary dump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very simple. It's rough for Anaheim because they sign Lucas Spiza, but they have to put yeah. him on waivers. Winnipeg takes him, and then they have to go get Eric Branson. It's just, it's a minute, like, you know, you just filled the minutes because, like, Josh Madsen's going to be out for a while. He's apparently on IR, Alex was telling me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it fits, I don't know, it kind of feel, still fits their grit. I know they're moving more to, like, skilled forwards, like, a lot younger now, but that defense, it's still, still kind of gritty. Yeah. Sorry, whose defense is gritty? Um, Anaheim. Anaheim, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could. I guess you can say that. But is Eric Branson the guy that you really want? Like he makes I, he makes four million for the next two years. I see him as like a filler, like. But who think, a filler for who? Johan Larson, I think. Like they're they're limiting his minutes now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just feel like this is just gonna put them in a really. Sticky situation. Well, no, because they have Kessler. Kessler is basically a ghost now, right? Yeah. Like, Patrick Eves. So they same with Patrick Eves, right? So I'm, yeah. I, I think the cap is going to be a massive issue for Anaheim in that way, of structure wise. Now I know, aren't they an internal cap team? Yes, I believe so. So that part doesn't make sense, but at the same time, you still have Troy Terry. Still have Sam Steele. Those young guys are, aren't going to make a lot of money. Mac, uh, yeah. Max Law, Mac Max Jones. Jones. Don't forget yeah. about John Gibson. Yes. Who's on a killer Don't contract. Care. Killer contract. 6.4. I think we all thought that was a good deal. It was just a thing of him staying healthy. Yeah. Which he has been, and he's been fantastic. Yeah, yes. He's going to be 30. I think he's going to be 34 when that deal ends. That takes him right through his prime. Goalie prime. Goalie prime. Goalie they're, prime. They're very weird. Goalie Unless prime. Unless you're Martin Broder. 
Yeah, I, yeah. no, I, I mean, um, let's. Hey, he was really bad towards the end. We all why he played those games in St. Louis is beyond me. <laughs> I'm going to the Pittsburgh side of things here. I need to ask you guys because I I refuse to count out Sidney Crosby. I refuse to do it. But where do Pittsburgh go from here? Uh, Jim Rutherford really needs to sit down and figure out what he, what he wants to do. Uh, because this could go really well, or this, or it could go well, or it could go really badly. Um, you just signed Brandon Tanev to a six-year deal. Uh, Crosby, you have. I'm not saying anything's gonna happen. Six years still. Gensel, you have for another five years. Hornquist, you have for another four. Like they they have really good players tied up for long term, but they have nothing to surround it with. I'm sorry, Brandon Tanev is not part of that group I was talking about. Um, so Jim Rutherford really needs to sit down because Matt Murray is an RFA at the end of the year, arbitration eligible. What does he do with Matt Murray? I'm not saying he's going to trade him. I'm saying what type of contract do you sign Matt Murray to? Well, he needs to be good. You're right. But he so, has not been. So what would you, would you sign him? I, I, he was already he already signed a bridge deal, did he not? Like, what did you sign him to another one? Like he signed a three year deal. Daniel, your thoughts on this? Because I I am so against Matt Murray. I don't I can't give you a fair answer here. I think he played himself out of like big money. I, he needs to really be better. Um, this is a perfect opportunity, I think, right now. The team is pretty gutted with injuries. So he has to stand on his head. Of course, last year... Yeah, I, I, I don't... 907 save percentage. That's not good enough. No. This is really left field. Like, this is a crazy idea. Do you think that... Like, look at the injuries. Malkin is out for how long? He's out for... Two, two to three months. Okay, Bukestad is out for a while. It's going to be out for a while as well. I don't know how long Dumlin's going to be out for. Galchenyuk's going to be out for the next little while. This is, seems really impossible to do with the team that you have, but do you just say, you know what? Let's just have a bad year. Like, I'm not saying tank. You can't tank with this team. No. I'm, say, I'm saying, oh, whoops, we missed the playoffs. Rebuild on the fly. Yeah, rebuild on the fly, but you kind of take one year off because okay. next year, hear hear me out. This is a really deep draft. We hear Jeff Merrick talk about it every single day. This is the I, I this would be the draft if I'm Jim Rutherford that I say, you know what? Why don't I take take a year not take a year off, but say this is the kind of where I want to fall into the lottery. Could you imagine Alexis Lafreniere with Sydney? Okay. Crosby? Oh my God! Stop. No, that's not what I was. That's not what I was saying. I'm not saying tank to hit bottom five. I'm saying just miss the playoffs or something like that, like around there. Because look at the team you have, even without Malkin, uh, Bukestad, and Galchenyuk and Brian Russ, you still have a. You have Sidney Crosby on your team. You have Jake Gensel. You have Patrick Hornquist. You this have Chris Latang. Justin Schultz, Marcus Pedersen, right? So the team is – it's still there. It's just you're so injury-ridden that it's 
you're not going to hit you're not going to hit your ceiling. Uh-huh. Do you think that's possible? Like would you go and trade it's a crazy idea. Trade Patrick Hornquist? I I do it. He's declining. What what uh, what do you see Pittsburgh getting for a player like that? Mid-tier prospect in a second. Okay. How about Justin Schultz, who's up at the end of the year? I don't know. Maybe an NHL ready prospect. Or do you re- or do you resign him? Because he's twenty nine, he'll be thirty. I'll be thirty next year. That's true. It depends on the term. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd be. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'd be worried. I just feel like I'm looking at what I would be. Because I'm worried about really. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm worried. I'm talking about from the GM standpoint. I'm, I look at what he signed Jack Johnson to. I look at the Brandon Tanev deal, and it's yeah. just, wow. Well, uh, I don't know. And then you bring in Eric Goodbranson. Like I get you want to get rid of Tanner Pearson, but really, Eric Goodbranson. Well, uh, I want to move on from the Penguins. Uh, it's a wait-and-see scenario to see if they bottom out or something. But I want to talk about the Oilers. Oh, uh, yeah. And I want to talk about Leon Dreisaitl. Because I don't think we give him enough credit. Wait, when you say we, who do you mean? Like, All of media? I, I, listen, in my notes, I have ran down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are running this team. Like Leon is is is, I he's so good. He's just so good. Watching them on three on three, like Connor McDavid is fantastic. Obviously, same with Sid. But you, a bum isn't just gonna go out and score you fifty goals, right? Like Leon Drysaitel is no special. no. Leon Drysaitel has one less point than Connor McDavid. Leon Drysaitel has nineteen points, eight goals, and eleven assists. In 11 games. Remember how mad we all were when he signed that contract? Yeah, but when he signed that contract, would you, were you going to tell me he was going to score 50 goals in next year? Well, you, if you look back, people all often res, um, refer to Leon Dreisaitl as the rose that grew through the cracked pavement of the Edmonton Oilers' developmental system. So if you got through that, get 70 points... We probably should have looked at it and thought, you know what? There's probably something special about this guy, and he probably should have gone first overall in that draft. Oh, for sure. I think we all just—I don't know. We, I think we all just kind of jumped on Edmonton there. I think we were all a bit unfair about it. But I just, I just want to say, good for him and good for the Oilers. Um, they had a couple of games there where they couldn't score. Obviously, the story of the Oilers season will be when McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't scoring, who will be? And I think that was an example of it. Um, so, yeah. Apparently, James Neal. The real deal. I'm happy um, he's back. Sorry? Happy is back. Yeah? Yeah. The Listen, real team. No, the real, no, real one. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he may not, be the not, jo- not Jordan Wheel. But he's not Jordan Wheel. <laughs> real deal. Nice guy. Oh, listen, listen. I'm going to get hate for this because what do I know about goalies being a Toronto fan? But I'm sorry 
Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen cannot hold this for the entire season. Do you want to guess each of their save percentages? Don't look. Don't please don't go looking. What is Mike Smith's save percentage right now? Nine thirty. Uh, Adam. Nine thirty-four. Daniel. Point uh, nine zero seven. Nine two five. Nine two five. Okay. How about Miko Koskinen? Would you like to take a guess? Nine three two. Daniel. Nine two zero. Nine two seven. Tell me how. Both these goalies are going to keep this up. They don't. They don't. They don't. And at the end of the day, with who is, who's on who's on this team? Who's uh, on this team? Other than McDavid and Jaisaida, you have Darnell Nurse. Who's going to get paid. Who's going to get paid and has been quite good this season. Okay, you have Oscar Klafbaum. Who is good right? for a sweetheart deal. Yeah. Can you name me anyone else on this team, other than Ryan Nugent-Hopkins? Sorry, <laughs> I should include. I was just. I, I guess I should have included Ryan Nugent-Hopkins uh, on the forward core. Yeah. Can you name me anyone else who's close to that? No. No. Adam Larson on the IR. Okay. Uh, I, oh. No, please. Someone's looking really good in Finland. Wow, they really could use a scoring winger. Could have told you that one. But but he's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back to Edmonton. Yes, yes, that's what I mean. He's not coming back to Edmonton. He has 16 points in 15 games for Carta in the Liga. How many many goals does he have? 10. Oh, man, they could really use that guy on their team right now they really could Uh, Uh, they really messed up because i wanted to talk good about them but you just completely okay go ahead go i won't join the conversation talk good about them no no i'm done anyway um wait wait, really annoying this year that john carlson has 21 points in the month of october (laughs) yo yeah, John Carlson, more like Bobby or Carlson, am I right? John Norris? John Norris. John Carlson with a K from Sweden. <laughs> Speaking of Carlson, what a transition there. You want to know how I know that Toronto are going to beat Montreal tonight? They have they have Michael Hutchinson in that. No, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to do that because they called each other out earlier this week. So Jason Zucker calls out all of Minnesota and his coach. They come in, they beat Montreal. Logan Couture calls out two of his uh, of his players. Guess what happens? They go in, they beat Montreal. Austin Matthews says, oh, you got to yell at your family, and Toronto is almost up in flames after they lose to the Bruins. They're going to beat Montreal. If you call out your teammates, call out your coach, and you beat Montreal. That has been the story all goddamn weekend. So annoying. Yeah. I mean, that's not why I wanted to talk about uh, these three players calling them out, but I guess that's an added reason. Yeah. Um, we, We can go into it. Jason Zucker... Did, I think we talked about Jason Zucker a little bit. It's just then quickly to just turn on, touch on it. Um, yeah, Minnesota are a tire fire. 
They're trash. They're going to be trash. And there's nothing they can do about it. Moving on, San Jose. Thoughts? Well, I, I think he was talking about one specific uh, line change, right? I, I don't think, other than the first three, the first few games where they did, really didn't play well, I think they've been playing well since they signed Patrick Marlowe. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying Patrick Marlowe is the savior of the San Jose Sharks. Um, I'm just saying that that's a coincidence that they just started playing well since they got Patrick Marlowe and Evander Kane back. It evens out the lines a lot more. I just want to point out that Patrick Marlowe has six points in seven games. That's nice. That's (laughs) nice. Like, that doesn't... That does. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Like, I just don't... like. Is he a six point two five million dollar player? No, he okay. was, but he's not. Um, uh, it was really but, nice. Ugh. It was really nice to see him play his fifteen hundredth game. Uh, it was in Toronto, which of course it is. Yeah, they did it on purpose. That's why he waited so long to sign. <laughs> Obviously, can't figure that. <laughs> so, a buddy of mine, his name's Ethan McKay. Shout out to you, Ethan. So. Ethan is a massive Sharks fan, right? And so he texts me after... So I was watching ice surfing, and it was the Buffalo-San Jose game. And I put... And as ice surfing are going, it's it's the the game-winning goal from Buffalo in overtime. And then I see later on, Ethan's like, fluge. I'm like, what's up, Ethan? He's like, Couture's just called out a bunch of people. I'm like, what happened? So he calls out, I believe it was Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc saying that they were young guys going out there looking for a goal. Now, the way my buddy put this is, and he's he's played hockey, you know, he's been in a room before, that the last thing you do is you call out your teammates to the media. Now, a lot has been made about how Logan Couture is now the captain there. Um, maybe it's a bit too much for him. He goes out and he calls out two very young, very skilled players with a scoring touch what were your guys's thoughts on what he did i find it funny that uh people say you shouldn't call out teammates and then three different players did it this week or within the last two weeks i agree with it i don't like doing them doing in the public no that's fine no i i i'm i'm not just i'm not arguing uh the point i'm just saying i thought it was funny because within the last two weeks, three separate players have done it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we see it all the time. Like you see, oh, we got to play better. We got to play better. We got to play better. It happens everywhere. And then all of a sudden you see everyone needs to be better, including Boudreaux. Um, Couture saying, these young guys are selfish. And then Austin <laughs> Matthews saying, they're family, but you got to yell at your family. Right. By the way, um, I'm, I don't want to be that guy. But ever since the thing that happened last year coming out, I, I don't I don't take Austin Matthews as seriously when he tries to call people out. I don't know if that's fair or not, but I just I can't do it anymore. Uh, whatever, man. Dude, it doesn't matter. No matter what I say, I'm just gonna get someone's just gonna tell me I'm wrong. So do, right? think- do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could tell you, you should take him seriously. And I'm just going to be like, someone's just going to be like, man, like you're, you're siding with this guy. I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not siding with him. I'm just saying like, that's fine. He apologized for it. Like deal with it. Like, I don't know what else you want him to do. If you want to debate me on it, go ahead. Like, I, I'm not, I de- no, no, I'm not debating you on it. I, I'm just saying like, 
That's fine. Like you can respect like do you respect Austin Matthews as a player? Yes. Okay. Okay. I just, That's I fine. I point out that I love how everyone when Marlo was there, they made they talked about how he helped the young guys become professionals. And then I just thought to myself watching the picture that he took of Mar with a uh, Marner and Matthews and I thought ha, yeah, he sure did. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, what are your thoughts on all these these prominent players calling out their teams? Okay, I think I have two perspectives on this. Yeah. Number one, the Ethan perspective you talked about where, you know, you just don't do that with your teammates. Um, second, from the journalism perspective of us, <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Daniel. I love it. Right? Oh. You get the story right there. Exactly. Don't have to do any digging. It's just there for you. Yes. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Listen, it's up. It's up to like everyone's going to have their own opinion. I don't think like I, the thing is, you see it so much. Like when a team loses, like they literally it's like half the comments are calling out their team. They're just not doing it as harshly. Mm-hmm. Right. They always say, oh, we got to play. We have to play better as a team. We have to do this. We have to do that. Right. Just in these cases, uh, Zucker was calling out his entire team. Matthews was calling out his entire team. It was Couture who was literally just calling out two specific players. So I think the Couture example stands out from the Zucker and Matthews ones. One thing I think about the Zucker one is like, this is maybe just my opinion, but. He's not even the best player on the team. <laughs> See, I'm going to disagree with you here, Daniel, because I think if there's anyone in Minnesota who deserves to complain, it's Jason mm-hmm. Zucker because of the way he's been treated there. I don't know. about you know, Ryan Suter, you know, he's, he's played the big minutes. <laughs> no, I see, I see where Daniel, I see where Daniel's coming from, but like, yeah, I mean, like, like Dan- I, I, I kind of have to agree with Adam because because Jason Zucker nonstop has been on the trade block and it's very open, very openly on the trade block. And his wife has been someone who is very vocal about her frustration. Yeah. Right. Um, do you guys, you know who, who I have come to love over the past year? I think I know who your answer is, but. Okay. Daniel, do you know who I've come to love over the past year? Who is this? Gary Bettman. <laughs> I want to read you guys a tweet. Uh, This is from Dom Donna Spencer, sports reporter for the Canadian Press. Uh, This is a quote. Hashtag NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman asked about the playoff format at the Heritage Classic. Quote, we think the format we have works extremely well, unless you're a Leafs fan. (laughs) Yeah, you sent me that. I think you sent me that yesterday. You tagged us in it. Oh, that was uh, hilarious. Oh, yeah, you did. I love Gary. I, I have some comments. May, may I begin? Before you do, I uh, love how normally if, if a team gets made fun of, you see the, the, the replies, you're like, oh, let's go, rip it. But then when it's about the Leafs, you see all these Leafs fans get super defensive. Oh, it was hilarious. I, 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 there you go, Gary. Throw that shade all you want, buddy. I love it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna roast Gary Bettman. I think what Gary Bettman's done for this league is outstanding. Yes. 
right? So I, I'm listen. My first point is he's not wrong. Like I don't see anyone complaining about about the playoff format. I don't even complain about the playoff format. I think I complain about the playoff format for a different reason. Now I was I was uh, reading something last night. And it caught my attention. Think about it like this. The reason that the playoff format's like this, it's to get really good matchups in the first round, right? That's what ends up happening. Correct? Yeah. I I agree. Right? You always see in the first or second round, you're going to have Pittsburgh and Washington, right? Or you're going to have a real, you're going to have something there. You know, that the NHL playoffs start before the NBA playoffs. Yeah. So they're trying to bring in as many people as possible before the NBA NBA playoffs start. Playoffs start to spike their numbers because once the second round starts and then the NBA playoffs start, everyone's going to watch basketball. Yeah. All the all the all the fans who kind of like hockey but prefer basketball all go. To basketball when the NBA playoffs start even if their favorite team isn't in the playoffs you are not wrong right so I see why he's doing it that's why he's really why they're doing it right and and I think last year was was a little bit interesting because you saw all the division winners get eliminated in the first round you did and that and that kind of that. that kind of proves the parity that's going on in the league, right? Which Gary Bettman's been preaching for years. Yeah, um, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I mean, I in regard, you, in, I didn't think you were gonna go all proper on this. I just really wanted to. Talk oh no, about- I have my leaf stuff. Can I? Can I? Can I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I think we'll go into this in regards to the Leafs. This is to the Leaf fans out there. I'm asking, did you really get? Did we really get the bad matchup? I'm gonna go through the last three playoffs, that the last three playoff appearances in the first round. You're gonna tell me if we got a bad matchup. 2017, we still would have played the Caps, so it doesn't matter. 2018, with the one to eight, one to eight seeded format we would have played the pittsburgh penguins the reigning stanley cup champion two time two in a row champion and noted hot dog eater at the time phil castle right so what's the harder matchup pittsburgh or boston oh sorry i thought that was like like (laughs) oh that was right on the money thank alex (laughs) <laughs> no, but I'm asking. I'm asking you guys. I'm at, right now. I'm asking you. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Daniel, which one? Mm, I don't know. Just the added Phil Kessel factor for that year. The, uh, yeah, but I don't think it's the Phil Kessel factor. It, it, it is. Who's the harder matchup, Boston or Pittsburgh? For that year, Pittsburgh is the harder. Okay. Matchup. Okay. Last year, we were tied for the fourth seed with. The, I think the New York Islanders. So we would have played the New York Islanders in the first round of the playoffs. Who is the harder matchup, the New York Islanders or the Boston Bruins? Boston. Yeah, Boston. 
Okay, so would you say last year was a little bit of a, a weird one? That's the only one. But at the same time, right? It's yeah. a little bit weird. At the same time, the added factor of bringing John Tavares back to to New York for the playoffs would be deadly. Yeah. The atmosphere and the fans would the, be insane, though. I, I think the yeah. least talent. I think what happened to Pittsburgh in that series doesn't happen to Toronto. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's all I have. Okay. Um. Well, then let's talk about Toronto um, because it has been. Right. So they beat Boston last Saturday. And yeah. no one cared because then they have a back-to-back. They've had a really rough schedule. They lose to Columbus in a very controversial fashion. Uh, Mitch Marner, quote, hooking Gustav Nyquist in uh, overtime, leading to Nyquist getting a penalty shot. He scores. And then the next night in Boston, Michael Hutchinson is in the net because Babcock likes to play a starter in the first night. And they lose to the Bruins. Um, A lot was made about Marner and Matthews in that game. Um, Everyone, and I think everyone in Toronto, dogpiled on Babcock. So I want you two to just, Take me through your thoughts because you're more rational than, than I think most I Leafs fans. most Leafs fans are. Um, especially you, Daniel, Alex. Let's be honest. Me and you are a bit heated <laughs> sometimes. So I, when was the last time we got into a heated argument about the Leafs? I mean, we get in arguments. Period. Like every every episode. But just take me through the last week for you guys as Leafs fans and how you are with this team especially with them beating the Sharks last night. Because uh, I don't know if Leafs fans are just going crazy here, which they normally do, but... Daniel, who would you like to start, or shall I go? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm panicking, uh, but I do see quite a few people are. So let's let's take a step back for a minute. Let's take a step back. Last year, what was a really big concern for the Leafs, other than defense? Because we all—that's still a problem. But what's a problem that we had last year that we don't necessarily have this year? Daniel, mm, right-handed defenseman. No, no. Aside from oh, defense, aside defense. from defense. Oh, sorry about that. Um, no worries. I don't know. I like the fourth line better, a lot better right, this year. Right. Right. The bottom six are really performing this year. Last year, that third line with Kadri wasn't really wor- wasn't really working well. The fourth line, everyone was just confused. This year, I don't think I've seen a bottom six on the Leafs that has performed to their to the standards of a third and fourth line. But the top six aren't necessarily they're performing offensively. I'm defensively not so much. There's more of a chance that the top six in the Matthews and Tavares line, when Tavares comes back, starts up again. I'm really not worried about that. What I am worried about is that this team is extremely inconsistent. Yeah. If they keep playing like this, it will bite them in the ass because they're, we have an extremely strong Atlantic division. We have Boston, Tampa... Montreal, Buffalo, and Florida. That's five teams without the Leafs. That's pretty crazy. Who could push for a playoff spot. 
who's to blame for their inconsistency? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So here's the problem with this team is that what happens is you pl- we play great for like 10 minutes, play like garbage for 30, and then play great for the rest of the game. It's it's like I don't I don't know what who to blame for because everyone says oh wow we got to start on time Babcock comes out and says we got to start on time but at the end of the day uh, I I heard Brian Burke say this and I, and I actually really like this point is whose fault is it he's like I don't he doesn't necessarily think that it's all Babcock's fault uh, these players are getting paid how many millions of dollars to play hockey Babcock's job is to prep them to play right give them the the strategies uh give them how whatever like how to play what they're supposed to do their assignments they have to want to start on time the players have to want to start on time it's not can you not blame mike then because it's not like that this is a new issue the starting on time thing I argue that the coach needs to, you need to make your stars play. You need to be able to be a motivator. Is Mike Babcock really the fit if he can't do that? Is he really the only one to blame or the players? Sorry, in that situation. If I, no, I understand that. If I'm, I'm, when I'm looking at the team, if they played so, if they played inconsistent all game, like they just played trash all game and then they'd have one good game and then go back to playing trash then yes Mike Babcock needs to figure something out but if I'm Kyle Dubas I go down to the dressing room this is from this is uh, this is what Brian Burke said he said I think Kyle Dubas should go down there and and say something to the team because at the end of the day Mike Babcock can't go down to that dressing room and give some inspirational speech 82 times he sure as hell can, but at a certain point, the players are not going to care anymore. The players are not going to care anymore because he's just spewing the same stuff over and over again. If the players don't want to play, Kyle Dubas needs to do something then. Kyle Dubas needs to say, you know what? You don't want to play? Someone's going. Then, Daniel, let me ask you this. Is Mike, has Mike Babcock outstayed his welcome in Toronto? I think this is his last year if he doesn't perform. What? Yeah, but they say that all the time. No, it's like a huge playoff thing. But I don't know. Just you could say that about any coach. I think because they had expectation this year. Listen, I said okay. Um, I honestly think that I think there was some. I think that Shanahan, Dubis, and Babcock were kind of hiding something at the end-of-year press conference last year. I think Dubas went to Shanahan and said something and said, listen, um, like I think uh, Dubas really wants Sheldon Keefe to come coach the Leafs. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Let me, let me interrupt you because I don't remember where I saw this. So I don't want to say if this is concrete or not, but if there was something of Dubas wanted to fire Mike, but upper, upper management, I don't know if it's Shanahan, I don't know if it's if it's some higher-ups of MLSC, said no. He's got too much term, the money, be- the playoffs. Yeah, Who's- I believe that was Shanahan. So but I'm not. I can't confirm that. Obviously, I I recognize what you're saying. I just not. I'm not 100 percent sure. That's weird. What? Well, if 
Well, they were talking about on the Dangle Pod that the balance of power in Toronto is a bit weird, and and how it doesn't the the letters on the jerseys of your of your Matthews, your Riley, Ferris oh, yeah. doesn't matter. Is it? And I think this is a really fair point. Is that Babcock's team right now? Whose team is the Toronto Maple Leafs? Who is calling the shots right now? I think it's Mike Babcock. Daniel, I agree. Especially when Tavares out, you can't really like gauge like how was he as a captain so far but the thing is he was he's been there for a year right he was your assistant captain last year with um marlo was marlo had an a right yes and i think riley should have the c but yeah i believe he was an a as well he had an a he was he was part of that leadership group last year like it or not like whatever you want to think, at the end of the day, look in that room. Who was running it? Yes, Mike Babcock, but from a player standpoint, you had Patrick Marlowe, you had John Tavares, and who else? Ron Hainsey? Ron Hainsey? Yeah, it sounds I, yeah. That's what it sounds like. But I mean, I don't think Ron Hain like Ron, yes, Ron Hainsey is a great uh person to have in the locker room. Uh, from a veteran standpoint, but I don't think he was a leader. Would you agree? I think so. Yeah, I agree. Solid veteran. So coming into this season, the only per- person you still have part of that leader leadership group is Mike Babcock and, um, and John Tavares. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I don't know what needs to happen. I have a couple points here. I Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the actual players and what they need to do, we need to talk about one thing. So we know for a fact Nick Patan is on the trade block. Yeah. Elliot, Elliot Friedman confirmed it. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah, sorry. Is Kasperi Kapanen the odd man out? I'm I'm just asking from a depth standpoint. So, so I know it sounds weird. So yeah, Daniel, last week we talked about has Ilya Mikheyev kind of taken Gasperi Kapanen's spot in the lineup? Oh. For now I yeah, kind of. You like soup. Because think about it. When Hyman come everyone's let's say all the forward core is healthy. Your yeah. first line your 1A, let's say, is Hyman, Tavares, Marner. Your 1B is Janssen, Matthews, Nylander. Your third line is um, Mikheyev, Kapan- uh, Mikheyev, Kerfoot, Kapanen. Your fourth line is Moore, uh, Gautian, like let's say Timoshov. Okay. Which means you... St- uh, which you means you still have to get rid of. You have Shore and Spezza who are sitting in the press box along with uh, whatever D. But you've got to get rid of people. Like this is, I think there's like four people that's got to go. Mm-hmm. So crazy thought. You get, you trade Kasperi Kapanen and you, can you bring in someone who can play on the right side of your D? A third pairing, third, uh, four, five, D. Can Kapanen get you that? Or Kapanen plus a pick? 
I think he'd get that, yeah. Say that again, sorry? I think like, they could. Oh, sorry. Kapanen for, a four, uh, for like, let's say, a 5D. So let me ask you that. Why would you do that? Why that? Because should... you have because you have the depth forward wise. Kapanen is really. I listen. I love Kapanen, but at the end of the day, I can't let. I like. I, you want know honestly? I love every player on this team, even Martin Marincin. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but Actually, he's elite. Yes, but would you? Can you not? Is there not um, a notion in Leafs Nation in the Leafs organization that at the end of the year that bottom pairing is going to be Sandy and Lilligren? Called up. And then CC's probably gone. Then you have the Muzzinberry and a Dermot Riley pairing. Okay, that's the thing. You don't know if those two are coming up, and you don't know if those two if CC's gonna be traded. Then, Who wants Cody CC? Are you telling me Winnipeg wouldn't want to take a look? My I would is- not take a look at Cody C the way I've seen him play. Sure, he can break out the puck barely. That's all he can do. But do you want just to fix that? Because let's be honest, right now, the Leafs' defensive core past this year, even towards like the next few months, is a bit of a question mark with CC. Right. You don't know what's going to happen in the future because of Barron and Muzz, Barry and Muzzy. Muzzy, sorry. With Buzz. Jesus Christ. With Muzz and Barry. Yeah, yeah. Sandine and Lilligren might make the team, they might not. But do you, I just I don't know if right now you take the risk of trading Kapanen because you know what he is when he's playing a third line role and he's a great contract. I just yep. think that's a lot of value that right now I would rather take the risk of Lilligren and Sandy later on, hold on to Kapanen, and then maybe at the draft or something you do it. But right now I leave it alone. I I don't know then because here's the thing. You saw how Moore, uh, Kerfoot, Mikhaev played right when Kapanen was playing on the first line that line was very good I personally thought that was a very good line um, yeah their game against Montreal early in the season they were the best line on, on Toronto and I get it Kapanen's a great player Kapanen's a good player he's a shoot first player that's why he didn't work on the first line uh, and that's why he's working really well on the third line but at the end of the day, next season, if you can go out and get, if you can get uh, uh, the right-handed defenseman with term, some type of term. I'm not saying he needs to have six years of term. I need. I'm saying he needs to have two to three years, something like that. And so he plays on your third pairing this year, and then next year when you have Morgan Riley. And no one else, and Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligan, those are the only three defensemen you have signed. So you have a fourth guy. It sounds like that they're that if anything, they have to try and sign one of Barry or Barry or Muzzy. Muzzy, like, yes, yes. Don't worry, Muzzy. We all we all know. We all know what you mean by Muzzy. We're just gonna say Muzzy to put them sure. together, right? Which one of Muzzy do you keep? Because right. everyone seems to say Muzzy, but I really like Tyson Barry. Like right I really now. like Tyson Barry. There's really? two directions. I'm sorry. I there's two directions coming. There's two direction directions I'm coming from. Daniel, sorry, I'm gonna lay speak. I just gotta get this all out there now. Oh no problem. Um, um, there's two directions. Yes, sure. Bring back Muzzin because he's that big physical presence that this team doesn't really have. And I want to get to that in a little bit. But 
this team. No, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm saying that this team doesn't have any type, doesn't have a lot of toughness. Is Jake Muzzin not a skilled defenseman? Not as skilled as Barry. No, he's not as skilled as Barry, but, but. Guys, I'm, st- I'm having an issue right now. My golden lab is laying in my lap and I can't get to my computer. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're having some issues. Okay, fine. Because I'm fine. Daniel, would you bring back Jake Muzzin or Tyson Berry? Um, I'd bring back Jake Muzzin. Oh, Daniel. Why is that? Why is that? Same thing you said, the toughness right? aspect of it. Right. And, like, that was the criticism. They always had, like, too much skill, not enough, like, two-way game. But your skill should great. be your toughness. But it doesn't. I'm sorry, but I, I like Tyson Berry more than I like Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin has had a lot of wear and tear. We forget. I won two cups. Look at like what some of that damage has done to a guy like Dustin Brown or Tyler Toffoli, who has not been the same since those runs. You're gonna take that risk with with, um, with Jake Muzzin? I don't think so. That's a good point. Oh, I know it is. I'm full of them. Okay, Tyson. At the beginning of the season, Tyson Berry, his eight. Apparently, there was a rumor that he was gonna be asking for eight years at eight million dollars. It would be more affordable if Marner didn't get, bring you guys a gun at uh, at gunpoint. It would be what? It would have been well. Listen, you could give him that money. It would be a lot easier to manage if if Mitchell Marner didn't take right. all the money. Right, but that's not. We're not Maybe living in. The, I under no. I get that, but we're contract. not living in that universe. We're not living in that universe anymore. The Mitch Marner contract is signed. I can't do anything about it. Kyle Dubas can't do anything about it. We are living in in the Toronto Maple Leafs era that we are a cap team now. We can't. We can't continue to say. Oh, if Mitch Marner did this, if Mitch Marner did that, it's over. He signed it. Nylander signed. Matthew signed. Kerfoot signed. Kapanen signed. Johnson signed. So you want to basically, at the end of the day, lose Nazem Kadri for Alex Kerfoot. By the way, I just want to quickly. Well, wait, wait, wait. No, no, not necessarily. Okay, so okay, so you're saying we lost, we lost, we we gave away Demar Derozan. And we just got nothing, right? That's oh, because no, that's no, what you're no, that's what you're getting to. No, no, no that's what you're getting they to. Won. When you right, win, they won. It means something. But the uh, least can't do anything. How dare you try and pull that on it's, me? It's 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 October twenty sixth. So how about we come back at the end of the season, see where the, what the Leafs have done? I'm not saying they're gonna win anything. Yeah, it's this. In but April. I, I don't think yeah. you could right now say, oh, they're going to trade Nazem Kaji for Alex Kerfoot. You really can't make that that uh, point now. It's barely a month into the season. If Kyle Dubas knew how to negotiate a contract, they could keep both. How? Please, please, <laughs> please amaze. tell me how. Okay, so, okay, so, so. I really want to go through the math on this. I'm so curious how you how how the math works. <laughs> oh, Alex, I'm messing with you. Yeah, right, gents, we have a really big game tonight. Um, my Montreal oh, Canadiens are taking on 
I You're... wasn't done. Oh, okay. Well, now you are. Was... No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> done. I'm not done. I let you talk about Montreal. I can talk about Toronto. Okay, we talk a lot more about Toronto than we do Montreal. Well, you did send me a text yesterday saying, oh, we are going to talk a lot about Toronto tomorrow. We so. have been talking about Toronto for the past, like, 40 minutes. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I'm going to – I'll say whatever I want. By the uh, way, I told you guys that I got an 80 on my presentation. You didn't acknowledge it. I'm really sad. Congrats, Adam. Yeah, congrats. I also have the answer to your question uh, from last episode, so – we got to go over that. Wait, sorry. Um, so you cut out? Pardon? Say that last part again. You cut out. I have the answer to your question from last episode. Oh, okay. So we'll go over that after I talk about the team needs to learn defense. Uh, and that Matthews and Martin are great at offense. And they need to learn how to be better uh, defense on the defensive end. And I just had one question for Daniel. Um. How big of an impact will Hyman and Tavares have when they come back? Huge. Huge impact. Huge. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. That's it. Okay, we're, we're on the same on the same agenda. Good. So Adam, what would you like to talk about? Um, so tonight, hockey night in Canada, Toronto, Montreal. Carey Price versus Michael Hutchinson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, so man. You guys tell me, what do the Leafs need to do to beat Montreal and bring home a W? Uh, play defense in front of Michael Hutchinson. Well, I could say the same thing about the Habs. Yeah, yeah but you have Carey Price in that. Yo, dude, honestly, their penalty kill. On Hockey Sunset Noon, Anthony Stewart was saying, I love the Sharks' power play. It looked great versus Montreal. No, it didn't. Montreal were letting the, like, the cross crease in. They were leaving guys open, blowing assignments. Their power, their penalty kill has been an absolute mess. Their power play is good, but they don't have any finishers. Like, wait, if, sorry, you're talking about Montreal? Yes. Okay, just make it. Power sure. play is like top ten right now, fantastic. But the penalty kill has turned into what the power play was last year—a problem. So, yeah, we have Carey Price, but there's only so much he can do. When guys are wide open and shot like no, this, no, I yeah. you you can't be blowing assignments like that against. Well, that that's that that's the problem. They have been doing that, and now that they played great for the last ten minutes of yesterday's game, everyone's gonna lose it because oh, they played great, they played great, and they're just gonna forget about all the crap that happened for the last fifty minutes and what's been happening for the last week and a half. It's going to be a fun game, won't it? it? It should. It should be a fun game. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, I want to ask you, if, because this has always been a big debate, the backup versus starter on back-to-backs. What is? What do you think is the right move? I don't know. Like, last night, Freddie wasn't really challenged too much. I wouldn't mind the back-to-back with him. But, I mean, like, overall, I guess... I, I guess I kind of agree that you need to go with your backup on those back-to-back games. Sorry, let me be more specific. On which night should you play your backup versus your starter? On the easier team or the one that's going to be more of a challenge in the second half and your guys are a bit more tired? Oh, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I didn't think of it that way. I'll, I'll probably say, like, yeah, your, your backup first night. 
I so think you, it depends. You're the opposite of Mike Babcock and Daniel. Yeah, I think I, I've, I've, I've come to see that. <laughs> as for the, a lot of people are. For the second straight time, Montreal and Toronto are going to go head-to-head on Saturday night. And it's Michael be Hutchinson. Ice versus Michael Hutchinson. Oh, yeah. That's Fun times. There. For who? For the Leafs or for... Um... For Hutchinson. Like, oh. it's not a shootout. <laughs> Who's winning? Yeah. Uh, Montreal. Yeah. Ten times out of ten. Ten yeah. times out of ten. No question. That's, you know what will be a big key for Toronto if they want to win this game? Playing defense? It's very cap, and he needs to hold on to a stick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. Um, Montreal also needs to do. Uh, Claude Julien needs to make up his damn mind because he split up the Jonathan Drew and Jesperi Kotkinemi Yoel Armia line, and I have no idea. No, yeah. Their best line, and they got rid of it. Absolutely astounding. Um, so can I go? Should I talk about uh, the answer to your question? Uh, yeah, yeah. Explain to me why I can't watch okay. my team play hockey. So can you explain to Daniel the situation? So Daniel, um, I want to watch Habs games, right? Mm-hmm. But they're all on TSN two, unless it's a national game like Hockey Night in Canada, obviously. Um. So they get blocked out. But even on sad, last Saturday, Montreal were playing the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues early in the morning, right? Sorry, in the afternoon, 3 o'clock. And I didn't get the game. It was, it was blocked out. But the funny thing is, a hockey night in Canada later that night, they, they put on the, uh, the Coyotes versus the Sens. And I have this big <laughs> problem that I can't watch Habs games in a legitimate way, we'll say. You always have to find a back door, right? Mm-hmm. And the frustrating thing is, my grandparents in Belleville, Ontario, get all the Habs games, all the Leafs games, like it's nothing. Now, Alex has, has found the solution here, and why don't you tell everyone, Daniel, I mean, to Alex, about why I can't watch my Habs. My grandparents can't. So, um, this is, I found this on a website. I apologize. I don't remember which one uh, it was. So it says each team's regional game broadcasts are restricted to viewers of that team's designated home broadcast region as assigned by the NHL. Outside said region, these broadcasts are made available exclusively through NHL Center Ice or Rogers NHL Live. If the originating channel is available outside a team's region, uh, the game broadcasts must be blacked out in these other areas. So you may ask why you get why you sorry who was it that gets uh, Toronto and Montreal games? My grandparents. Your grandparents. You may ask why Adam's grandparents get Montreal and Toronto games. And Ottawa. Because, and Ottawa because Belleville sits literally in the middle. It is the border of the Montreal. Ottawa and Toronto zone. So this is actually mandated by the NHL because of the broadcasting rights. It's done. It's well, a- it's a business thing. I, I, and I, you got really mad. I, I said, it's a little more complicated than that. Oh, I don't know how to explain properly over text. It's purely a business thing. 
Which is dumb. I understand that it is, but that doesn't I mean like, can't it... complain about it. No, I understand, but it's a money thing, right? Yeah. But do you know what it's like to not be able to watch your team? No, I don't. No, I, I don't. don't. <laughs> exactly. That was good. So that was you good. You have to calm down about business decisions just... when you don't have your game. You will I hate. Oh, my God. I'm getting really mad here. Do you guys know who normally does the local games for Sportsnet? Who does Actually, I do know what it feels like. That's a lie. I do know what it feels like. Okay. Yeah, for soccer. Moving on. Okay, right. But All I right. do know how you, you feel, so you, just to you let guys you know. Right. know who the play-by-play is for Toronto games normally. Not hockey. for the Hockey Night games, but for their normal games. Like, Is it John Bartlett? It is! I don't know. So, do you want to know why I like John Bartlett? Because he used to do Montreal games. I started watching hockey in 2014. Since then, the voice of Montreal Canadiens hockey has been John Bartlett. All my stars want to say by Carey Price was a play that I have heard called so many times in my life. And then what do Sportsnet do? They hire him from TSN, give him the Leafs games, and now I don't get to listen to him call Habs games anymore. Well, you get to listen to him tonight. No, 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 no. Because even when they play Toronto on hockey night, it gets up, it's given to Jim Houston in that, which I actually like. And like some people for some reason, like Jim Houston's good. Shut up, guys. He's a Canucks fan. He doesn't hate the Leafs and he doesn't love them. Stop it. But it's just, it's very frustrating that Toronto are taking away all that I love. You took John Bartlett from me, damn it. I I don't know. Stop your education. What? You still have your education. Yeah, great. It's not like the premier is no, taking you, the you can go do. Wish how back about to. you go do the Montreal game? You should go do the Montreal games. I would lose my mind. Yeah. Oh, another Arlene Carey Dwight by himself again. Great job helping them, boys. You thought Jack Edwards was bad in Boston. Wait till you hear Adam doing a Montreal okay. game. <laughs> I have never in my life said that the player deserves to get hurt like Jack Oh, Edwards. that's so funny. What a scumbag. Like, there's, there's being a homer for the sake of the broadcast. <laughs> then there's being a bad person, and that's that's Jack Edwards. I feel like the show today has been a lot more lean back because we're doing this over Skype instead of in person. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird. I have been, I have been, we've been doing this podcast, and I have been laying in my bed with my dog. I'm still sitting in the studio because, you know, we have a professional studio, obviously. Yeah, you're basically. Um, do you <laughs> my know basement. the fastest to 120 career goals among active skaters? Uh, Alex Ovechkin. Um, I-, I was gonna give you the list, but okay, thanks. Is it Alex Ovechkin? It's Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> I don't know why. Awesome. I don't know why. Would it be Alex Ovechkin? By 30 yeah. games. Do you have another trivia question? All right, I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some hockey trivia out for us, yeah. And I'm gonna test you guys. We're gonna start this because Daniel, obviously, you want to be on the show a bit more often. Um, yeah, come too bad you don't want to be. Uh, too bad you don't want to be on time. Oh, bring that up again. Okay, so I just randomly put in the hockey trivia. I'm gonna start doing this like better often. We're gonna have like a competition. Help with this. We do this. Um, Anytime Daniel's on the podcast. Yes, and yeah. at the end of the season, the loser has to do something. Okay. And I, how about this? The loser has to do 
how do we think of this? We got to think of this now because I want to start doing this and keeping track. Okay. That or we do it monthly so we have more crap happening. So Daniel, and we'll have Alex. Is it just uh, the two of us? Yeah, I'm not going to participate. Oh, that, I'm that, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm sorry, my bad. Okay. Okay. So what what happens to the loser at the end of the month? And then maybe whoever has the most losses at the end of the year has to do the most, like, some crazy thing. Okay. I say you have to eat a pepper. Any type of pepper? <laughs> wait, wait, any type of pepper? I, have, I get to choose a pepper that you guys have to eat. No, that's cheating. You're just going to give us the worst pepper possible. Yeah, of course that's I am. So no. Yeah, so don't lose. Okay, this okay, is a fine. really easy one. Okay. Question Daniel, don't one. search it up. Yeah, please don't. I'm not. Okay. I'm just... I'm not. If anyone was going to cheat, I think it'd be you, Alex. Anyway, yeah, what infraction is a hockey referee calling if he clasps his wrists? On Clasp screen? his wrists? Yeah. Okay. I, I on... need like a... I, I... Wait. Oh, I swore. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Now, <laughs> I, have to... now I have to bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, as you can see, both of you, if you go to Skype, you can text message someone. So, uh, I'm going to... When I can give you, I don't know what this. When he grabs his wrist, like he grabs his wrist. No, I know what grabs means. I just Baldic? don't. Okay, okay, Daniel. What did he say? No, I don't repeat it. Don't re no, no, no. <laughs> Damn you say, it, Daniel. Did he say holding? <laughs> okay, what are your? Is that right? Yes, you are, but we're uh, gonna do oh. it differently. Okay, do a different question. Different. Okay. Can you not? That question is so difficult. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> so go to go to. You're in Skype right now, guys. Go yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Chat. Okay. From now on, send me your answers through there. Jesus oh, I, Christ. Just okay. To, okay. Just to Dan. Just to Adam. Just to Adam. Okay. Yeah. Can figure out how to do. Me single. Okay. Who scored a record ten hat tricks in an NHL season? One second. Ten. All right, what year was it? Come on, give us that. I there the year is not here. Ten. No. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. I spelt his name wrong, whatever. Um both of you said the same thing and you're both <laughs> wrong. It's not out of <laughs> It was uh it was Wayne Gretzky. Oh, that's why I asked you for the year. You can't like. Not okay, can you, no, if that's. If I tell you, okay, if it was in the eighties, then it's for sure Gretzky. If okay, it's okay. Later, then it's Ovechkin. Like, if it, can you say if he's an active skater or not? That that's more. That's fair. That that's tough. fair. Okay. Because what, now we're I'm looking through a database on. of how many players. What coach for St. Louis, Montreal, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Detroit has the NHL's highest career winning percentage? If you guys get this wrong, I think I may quit the podcast. Five. Wait, what? Wait, repeat, repeat the question. Repeat the question. What coach for St. Louis, Montreal, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Detroit has the highest NHL career winning percentage? Oh, I don't remember his name. Oh my god. The face is come the face is nine eight. Oh my god, the face it's not coming to me. Five I hate pressure. Four three two one. I, I don't know. I lost it. I think I I don't know. 
It's Scotty Bowman. Oh, I completely lost. I completely Alex, lost. Daniel said Ed Olchuk. <laughs> Daniel. Okay, Daniel should get Just... this next one right. Otherwise, like you're going to have to like, not be a hockey fan. What so NHL team plays in an arena called The Pond? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. I'm just going to go this three, one because it's two, Daniel's. One. You are both right. Yes, it's the Anaheim Ducks. As soon as you said Daniel should get it right, I knew who it was. Okay. Wow. Who won the only NHL MVP award not bagged by Wayne Gretzky in 1980? 10, 9, in the 80s, 7. In the eighties yeah. or yes. in nineteen eighty? In the eighties, and he's he's not an active player. There's okay. your answer. No, I figured. Five, four, three, two, one. I think this. Is it. I don't know. Alex got it right. Mario Lemieux. Oh. Not. <laughs> what did not, Daniel play? Oh, not Brett Hall. All right. <laughs> was a good Who was the first? If you guys get this wrong, who was the first defenseman to win the NHL point scoring title? 10, Get nine, active player. Eight, seven, six, five, four. You both got it right. Yeah, it's Bob. <laughs> um, what city hosts the annual Beanpot tournament for its collegiate hockey powerhouses? What? The Beanpot tour. Oh my God! Really? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. No, I don't even five, Four, three, two, one. It's Boston, guys. <laughs> Not <Kelowna? I> even... <laughs> Jesus. Did Daniel put Kelowna? No, yeah, did. he did. <laughs> okay, That's this should be... Okay, who became the first father and son to win the NHL's Most Valuable Player Award? Now, there aren't a lot of father-son father who have played in the league, so this should be easy. Five, oh four, three, two, one. Oh, sorry. Oh, Alex did not answer. It's now 1-1. One, one. Uh, Why is it 1-1? One, one? Because. I, I, got, I got Lemieux and Anaheim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, Daniel. It's 3-2 or 2-2 two, two or whatever. No, it's 1-1. One, one. How is it 1-1? One, one? Because you just got that one wrong, and Daniel got the um got the uh, Lemieux one wrong, and we both got okay, but we got the yeah. Anaheim one. Yeah, everyone did. Okay. Yeah, so it's one one. Okay, who was the first captain to champion? Sorry, who was wait? The first what was captain? the answer to the last question? It was Bobby and Brett Hull. Oh, okay. Sorry. Who was the first player to captain two different NHL teams? Sorry, who was the first player to captain two different NHL championship teams? Oh, Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, not five, good. I'm not that smart. Four, three, two, one. Oh, Daniel has just started typing at the last second. It was not, Scott. It was not Scott Niedemeyer. Okay. <laughs> It was well, Mark Messier. Oh. Uh, See, I was thinking like the 30s. I'm I'm going way I was going way far back. I didn't even think about Mark Messier. What hockey player is the most likely to wear a a throat protector? Oh. 
five, four, three, two, one. Daniel, hurry up and finish typing. No, if he doesn't finish. What? <laughs> Richard Zidnick. I think he meant position. I think he meant a position. Oh, a position. Okay, now I'm winning 2-1. Jesus Christ. Richard Zednick? How many, how many NHL franchises were there in California by 1995? In California? Yes, by 1995. Five, four, three, sure two, one. I'm pretty sure this is it. Jesus Christ. Alex is up 3-1. Oh. What did Daniel put? Put two. Well, didn't San Jose and Anaheim come in? No, they didn't come in at the same time. All right. What song did the U.S. hockey team forget the words to while celebrating a win over the Soviets at the 1980 Olympics? Adam, how am I going to know this? Eight, seven, six, five. Screw whatever. Four, three, two, one. It was God Bless America, not the anthem. Oh, same thing. Okay, if you guys get this one wrong, like, I, I, I don't know what to say. What NHL team emerges onto the ice from the jaws of a sea beast at home games? Ten, nine. No, I'm giving you, no. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, both. Congratulations. You both got the Sharks. Okay. Um, what was Craig McTavish, the NA- the last NHL player to play without? 10, 9, 8, 7. Okay, yeah, you both got it right. It's a helmet. What do hockey, sorry, what do hockey wags dub the sin bin? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Four, three, two. One. Is it that? It's Is it time. that? No, it's the it's the it's the freaking penalty box, Alex. Sin bin. Oh, oh. oh, what did Alex put? I put washroom. What the bathroom? I because you said wags. I'm like, oh, it definitely <laughs> means something different. I'm like, it definitely means something different to them. What? Infraction is a hockey referee calling if he waves his hand below his knees. Ten. Is it? I think one, it's this. How is it tied? Seven. Stand. Six. Five. Four. Three. You're both right. It's tripping. Wait. Did did uh, Daniel get the national? Uh, God bless America. No. So how is it tied? Because you were up by one. I oh, was no, up no. by two. You're only so up by three. now, yeah. Now I'm up by one. Okay, sorry. Three two. Who's the the score is three two. Okay. Who is the only NHL player to average over two assists per game in a single NHL season? I mean five. I'm pretty four. Three. Two. One. Yeah, yeah, that's Wayne Gretzky. How many designated face-off spots are there on an NHL rink? Five, four, 
three. Oh two, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Take that answer. Oh yeah, I got that wrong. Well, I need so you're both wrong. It's no, no, I no... got it. I got, I got it. I sent it to you. I just sent it to you. No, you're sending it again. Uh, you're both the answer is nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it right. No, you both just you both sent me three different responses. <laughs> it's nine. The answer is nine. All right. So, ha, three, two. I swear to God, I didn't choose this. This is just the last question. And um, honestly, unless Alex completely messes up here, he's won. Which NHL team hoisted 24 Stanley Cup flags before its first game in the Molson Center, now known as the Bell Center? Yeah. Yeah, that's Montreal. Alex, you have won the first edition of the two-on-one podcast hockey trivia. Yay! How do you feel? It's, you are feels amazing. Now, uh, guys, you do realize we won't. We're probably going to try and do another podcast. Well, if we don't do another podcast before the end of the month, then Alex has technically won the first month. And Daniel will have to eat a pepper of my choosing. I'm going to make sure Daniel doesn't come on the podcast for the rest of the month. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> So, uh, I'm just joking. Daniel, have you ever had a, uh, a scotch bonnet? No. I think you're going to have to eat a scotch bonnet. All right. All right. I think that's everything for today, unless you guys want to add some more. No. All right, then. Um, then, again, if you're listening to us for the first time, normally we're more professional, but again. Yeah, this is a weird day. Yeah. Um, we're all getting back from reading week and all that, so it's all we're all a bit woozy. If you liked this this podcast, then you rate should, it. You should rate it. You should leave a review. Say how awesome we are. Say how you should keep Tyson Berry over Jake Muzzin. Maybe if it's a good enough review, we'll bring it up during the show. Also, check out my YouTube channel where I talk about every Habs game in a post-game uh, fashion review. I'll be doing the one on the Sharks game after this podcast, which I will be yelling about because Montreal were complete trash. Uh, Daniel, Alex, say goodbye to the lovely listeners. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to another episode of the 2 on 1 podcast.